630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 630 Chad. Side of the net. He'll spin. Far corner back to Klumpbaum. Hammered it on that save. Rebound score. Lunging down the poke at home for his 20th is Patrick Maroon. The Edmonton Oilers started this game with the force of a leaky faucet. But by the end, they came through like a great blue and orange tidal wave. The offense comes to life. That was Patrick Maroon's 20th of the season. It capped off the scoring tonight as the Oilers drub the Arizona Coyotes 5-2. Thanks a lot for joining us in Rogers Place in the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line and that open line number is 780-496-0063. Leon Dreisaitl gets three points tonight, a goal and two assists. Oscar Clefbaum gets a goal and two assists the first three-point game of his career. Special teams also key tonight. We'll talk about that. And Cam Talbot, again, very important to the Oilers' success, especially in the first period. Rob, the Japanese Village goal light is on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com because they have scored five times. You can go to that website and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations, downtown Southside and Northside. All right, first period was not very good tonight. The Coyotes were sharper. What turned it around for the Oilers over the final 40? Well, I I think the fact that they got out of the first period close. You know, the first period, the the Arizona Coyotes missed a ton of great opportunities. They had a breakaway. They had a number of two-on-ones that they, they, they messed up on. They didn't get the scoring chances that they deserved on them. And the Oilers survived. And mostly on the back of, of Cam Talbot, then they came out in the second period and they played with desperation. They they, they got a, a, a consistent forecheck going. They got pucks in deep. They managed the puck better. They became a little more physical. And they got some uh, very good play out of their third and fourth lines. So the Oilers came out and played a much better game from the second period on. Their power play was good. Their penalty killing was good. Their goaltending was good. And those three things will win you a lot of hockey games, and tonight it did. The Oilers, I think you're right with the forecheck. I thought they became more physical overall, especially in the second period. Zach Cassian was probably, he and Kajula, the best Oilers in the first period. Pretty strong night for Cassian. He finishes with six hits. And Patrick Maroon, who did get that 20th goal, Eight shots on goal, five hits. I got to nominate uh, Maroon for the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Well, I agree. Too. And he also he won a face-off, too. Won to know in the face-off. <laughs> so it was a good night for Maroon. A number of players stepped up in the second period. And what we saw also is a lot of players going to the dirty areas that we talked about before the game. If they want to score goals, get in the blue paint. And Patrick Maroon was a perfect example of doing that. He just drove the net, stood there, threw the rebound in. Matt Hendricks, same thing. Gets in the paint. First, Pacaranen's there, then Hendricks in there. He's on his butt by the time the puck goes in the net because he went to the blue paint. That's how you score goals in the National Hockey League. And a couple 
big goals. And when your fourth line scores, usually that spells success. And tonight the fourth line came through again. You know, the assist for Packer, and he actually kicked the puck. Yep. And the rebound came off Domingue and Hendricks was able to muscle it in. If if Packerin's kick would have just gone in, it, it wouldn't have been a goal. But, I mean, he's just trying to keep the puck exactly. alive and keep working it. It was a smart play. Keep it alive. He knows he does, can't get his stick to it. So just kick it, and hopefully it bounces somewhere and you get another whack at it. So uh, I thought for being off as long as he has been, I thought Packerin, he, he got limited ice time tonight. What did he get, seven minutes or something along that line? Yep. But in the minutes, he, he was good on the forecheck. He, he, he got in. He was a little physical took the puck to the net. I thought it was a good start for him for, for uh, being out as long as he was and coming back from the injury. We went into this game with new line combinations for the Oilers. Eberle was back up with McDavid and uh, Maroon. Dreisaitl was back at center with Lucic and Slepeshev. Nugent Hopkins was between Kajula and Cassian and Latestu with Hendricks and Packerin. Uh, I mean, overall, I mean, they, they win, so I doubt they're going to change them uh, after a win, Rob. This is our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Check them out, albertachiro.com. Would you give all four lines a, a passing grade, or how would you assess how each one did? Uh, I thought they were good. I think it it wasn't a great um, oh, test. I mean, this is the Arizona Coyotes. This isn't the Chicago Blackhawks. So they should have success against this team. I thought Eberle, this he had a very strong game. He was creating out there tonight. Had a couple of golden opportunities. His line had four or 12 shots between them. Maroon having eight and McDavid and, and Eberle having a couple each. I thought Dreisaitl was excellent tonight. Uh, I, I noticed more Slepeshev than I noticed Lucic on that line. I mean, Slep, uh, wonderful pass on the, on the goal by Clefbaum, and then a couple other very good scoring chances. He almost had one late in the game on another pretty little play by Drysettle. Drysettle, I think, is best suited playing with Connor McDavid, but Drysettle's ability, he can drive any line. He is that good. Uh, the Nugent Hopkins line, uh, his line mates, I thought, were were more noticeable than, than R&H. I thought both Kajula and Cassian had very good game. Kajula had two or three great scoring chances. I thought Cassian was excellent tonight. And then the fourth line, I mean, Latestu is good. Hendricks gives you everything he has every time. And Pacarain, and uh, we've liked what he has done in the past, and he, he brings that tonight. So, yeah, it, it was a good 40 minutes by the team tonight. And, and I would imagine you'll see the exact same lineup uh, again on Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, I, I think they will stick with the same lineup uh, lineup for sure as the Oilers improved to 30-19-8 on the season. They had 31 wins all of last year, so they have the chance to top that. We want to talk about the special teams. We're going to give you a post-game reaction from both dressing rooms ASAP. 780-496-0063. We have Terry to kick us off tonight. Hello, Terry. Rob Reed. <laughs> nice to talk to you guys again. It's been a while. Uh Number 67, what's going on with this kid? Uh, he got injured in practice, and that's why he was, He, I think I think Reed said he was probably going to be on the fourth line today if he played, but he was injured in practice, and that, way, that was probably the reason he wasn't dressed. Okay, second question, what's going on? Why can't they score? Well, they scored five tonight. We get, well, we get, yeah, tonight. We get free appies at Japanese Village. Sorry? We get free appies at Japanese Village, so obviously they scored enough goals tonight. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful. 
I think I think Terry look they, look they wanted to focus on winning puck battles in the offensive zone. They really practiced that on Sunday and they wanted to make sure they had a presence in the blue paint. And, and you know, Hendricks made a comment on Sunday. He, he also said, we're not going to the net because we're not putting the puck to the net. So they focused on getting the puck there. They focused on having bodies to follow it. I think they got away from that a little bit. I also think some of it is just the ebb and flow of a season. I mean, think of a... Uh, think of football if a guy is a is a 100 yard receiver he doesn't get 100 yards every game he gets 150 he gets 140 and then he gets 50 and it looks Reed, like he did nothing right Reed is this team going in the right direction of course oh, they are oh god yes absolutely you don't okay, think they good. are good that's all I got okay thanks Terry 780-496-0063 I, I mean look problems aside like I said they're, they're 30 19 and 8 uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, I mean, once they got it going tonight, they overwhelmed the uh, Coyotes. They, the Oilers scored five goals in 23 minutes and 38 seconds, all told, after uh, only having two in the previous 290. So, so they were able to break out of that tonight. Uh, I mean, the next challenge is, is to keep it going and be able to perform you know, more consistently against the teams above them in the standings. Well, yeah, and to me, I mean, there's no question they're going in the right direction. This is the team that's been a bottom five team for a decade. They're in 10th in the National Hockey League right now. You know, they're ahead of teams. Boston's behind them. St. Louis's, Nashville, L.A. Uh, teams, those are uh, Tampa Bay. These are all playoff teams. The Dallas Stars way behind them. Detroit, who hasn't missed the playoffs in, what, 15 years or whatever it is? Uh, 1990. 1990. So that's K. Okay, it's, it's 27 years, yeah. 26 years. So all these teams are behind them in the standings. So, yes, this team's going in the right direction. Are they the perfect team? No, they're not. But they started way below all these other teams. And they've been built. And then over the last year and a half with Peter Shirelli, they've put a different type of product on the ice. They have a different plan in place. And they are certainly going in the right direction. There's going to be hiccups along the way, as there is for every team in the National Hockey League. And the Oilers uh, have overcome those. Tonight they had a, a, a slow start. They got better as they went on. And let's see how they go now in the important games, because they have not played important games in a long, long time. Yep, and uh, another home game this week, and then they're away from six. So, you know, away for six. So February, tough, tough schedule. I mean, we, we keep saying that, but but it's true. But it was good to see them break out tonight for sure. We're going to take a quick timeout. You'll hear from head coach Todd McClellan. Rob and I will go over the special team story because it was big, especially in the second period. Oilers take down the Coyotes 5-2. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. He'll chip it ahead, reel it in himself up the right-hand side. Lead pass, Florek, backhander, and that was fought off by Cam Talbot, who's made a couple of key saves on first Shen and then Dvorak. Well, what else is new? Cam Talbot helps the Oilers win. That's his save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. Cam Talbot faced 25 shots tonight. 12 of them in the first period. He made 11 saves in the first period. He was uh, beaten on one of the four shots he faced in the second, stopped all nine he had to take on in the third period. He continues to be strong, and it's, uh, you know, it's uh, whenever you lose, 
you're asking you're asking what if, but I'm sure Arizona's asking what if we got another one in the first period? What if we made it two nothing instead of letting the Oilers hang around? And a big reason they didn't make it two nothing was Talbot. Well, you and I talk about it all the time. If one team is dominant in a period, and we saw that in the first period, and they come out of it, you know, just up one or or tied, they they have a they deflate during the intermission where the other team all of a sudden feels good about themselves like oh we were awful out there and we're still in this game we're going to get better and it happens all the time and tonight with the Oilers they were not good in the first period but their goaltender gave them a chance and I think what twice this year we can say that Cam Talbot wasn't the better goalie in the game it hasn't happened very often uh, he, he's been excellent he gives them the, the, the chance for them to get their legs when they get into a slow start uh, he was great early. The rest of the Oilers picked it up in the second period, and they were great for the final 40. So it, sometimes you don't have your best at the beginning of the game, and if you don't, you need someone to bail you out, and Cam Talbot did that tonight. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Richard standing by. Richard, thank you for calling. Yeah, thank you guys very much. Um, it was a, We've talked about the Jekyll and Hyde of this game uh, quite a bit, but I actually wanted to talk a bit about Eric Grada. I was a very much enjoyed the game, watched. I watched him quite a bit. I actually thought he had a very, very strong game. Um, very calm with the puck, moved it very well, um, which kind of leads into my next question. What's the status of Darnell Nurse? And I'll throw it over to you guys. Thanks very much. Yeah, well, Darnell Nurse is getting close. Uh, Kellen, Kellen, do you have the uh, broadcast folder open? Uh, I can get it open. Yeah, we got a clip from Nurse. Uh, he talked about it yesterday, but he is, he is closer. Uh, he thinks he's ahead of schedule. Because originally it was mid-March, he's back practicing with the team, so it's it, it, it's looking good. Here, here's Nurse himself talking about his status yesterday. Definitely set to a goal. Uh, had to keep it in my mind and not tell anyone, uh, so it's nice. But uh, yeah, it's just like I said, I feel really good at this point. Uh, definitely, uh, uh, the treatment and recovery's gone a lot better than I think anyone expected. Um, but just gotta make sure I come back and I'm 100. percent uh, yeah, I don't think anyone expected me to be out there able to take contact or anything at this point. So, um, like I said, it's, it's been very positive, um, but there's still still some things I need to, to take care of. And uh, but like, what, like I said, I have all the confidence, and, and uh, you know, obviously my, my ankles felt really good. Yeah, this is definitely the longest I've been with anything, and um, just makes me more hungry uh, more than anything. Obviously. Uh, it's it's been a fun fun year to be around the guys, around the team, uh, with all the excitement and the way. Obviously, it lately hasn't been the way what we wanted it to be, but uh, you know, the season's gone pretty well so far. So uh, it's been a lot of fun to be around, and I just want to uh, get back and, and like I said, make, uh, make an impact every night. All right. So I mean, it was a bad ankle injury. He he needed surgery. He's he's feeling good. He's not telling us his goal, um, but but he does feel he's a little bit ahead of schedule. We'll see. I mean, I, I would still look into March probably if they play it safe, Rob. But, uh, you, you know, as, as Shirelli and McClellan said in their comments today, there are internal solutions to some of the Oilers' issues. And I think they look at it and say, okay, Russell's not out long term. Nurse is going to come back, and that's going to push, uh, even though Davidson and Griba can be quietly effective, that's going to push them out of the lineup when Nurse and Russell are healthy. Well, what, and that gives the Oilers depth. And this is what the Oilers have not had in the past. I mean, you and I have been here for a while now, and the Oilers have, you know, a couple injuries on the back end, and we're calling guys up from the minors, and we're looking up the stats page. Waivers okay, who stuff, is this yeah. guy? Or, or party comes in, he, he's released, he pick him up on waivers. and So the Oilers finally went out, and they got 
good quality players that can play if there's injuries. And so if everyone's healthy here, you got Gribe and Davidson probably as your 7-8. Then you got a Reinhardt and Osterley who are still down on the farm. So that gives you, you know, two other guys that have played at the National Hockey League level uh, and had a number of games in and played well. We've seen Osterley, who was here just recently, play well. So that gives you a, a 9 and 10. The Oilers haven't had this kind of depth on the back end ever. So now when injuries happen, they're put, putting in players that are capable of playing and playing at the NHL level and, and contributing. They're not having to hide their minutes. You can see Davidson and Griba out on penalty kills. You can put them out and not feel, oh, oh we got to yank them off as soon as we can. So uh, this is new to the Oilers, and it's one of the reasons they're having success this year. When there's injuries, they've got guys that can fill the spots. Oscar Clefbaum, his first three-point game of his career. He also takes his first penalty of the entire season. His comments for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Well, it uh, didn't start so great for the hockey team, but what changed in the second period that allowed you guys to just roll the rest of the way? I mean, it, it's tough. We have some play some uh, tough hockey games lately here, but we got to believe in ourselves. And second period, we came out with a little bit higher confidence, and, and we knew we can play some really good hockey. And it was nice to see the boys coming back in the winning column again, especially here in Rogers. We have so so many games coming up here in March. We want to want to show all of the teams where you actually can play really good hockey in here. For yourself, a pretty big game. 25 uh, plus minutes of ice time, uh, three points. Your first penalty of the year. <laughs> Must feel pretty uh, good. Maybe not the penalty, but just overall. No, not the penalty. Obviously, I want to stay away from the, from the box. Uh, but like you said, it was a good night for me. I mean, oh, I, I just find it easy to, to play those kind of minutes. You come into the to the games, read them a little bit better, and today it was going my way. The puck went in and, and had some nice apples too to the guys, so felt really good. Yeah, a nice pass there from Slepashev. Yeah, it was really nice. I mean, it was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know he was. He was seeing me over there. I thought he was gonna shoot for far pad, but it was an amazing pass. I, I was wide open, so I couldn't miss. This team really needed some goals too. Didn't it? <laughs> yeah, we were, we've been talking about it, and I mean, we have so much potential in this room. So many offensive guys with so much skills. We knew it was just a matter of time. Um, but it was nice to, to score five goals, especially in here. Like I said, we want to show every every team that we can play some really good hockey here. So um, it was good. Good game for the fans too. Read that, Oscar Clefbaum. All right, thanks a lot, Brendan and Clefbaum, complimenting Anton Slepyshev for his setup. Nice play by Slepyshev, and probably one he didn't have the uh, awareness to make earlier in the season. So that was a good, good play by him as well. All right, more from Rob Brown. We got Greg up next on the phone lines. You'll hear from uh, Dave Tippett, Todd McClellan, Mark Latestu. All ahead, Oilers beat the Coyotes. This is overtime open line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 6:30. Chad. On it, but Clefbaum will settle it before it escapes the zone. Centering pass, backhander tonight, rebound score, Leon Dreisaitl. His 10th power play goal of the year, and it ties the game at one for Dreisaitl. Without a point in his previous four games, he picks up his 21st goal of the year. That leads the team. Dreisaitl named the first star tonight, finished with a goal and two assists. The Oilers, five goals over the last two periods as they beat the Coyotes 5-2. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We have uh, more post-game reaction ahead. The Oilers' five goals means a $125 donation 
to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 for every Edmonton goal throughout the season, and the uh, donation total now over $4,000 for the year. Good stuff there. 780-496-0063. We'll go to Greg on the line. Greg, good to hear from you. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Well, I was going to say, good thing you was one tonight because my buddy Lance came uh, uh, from out of town to watch the Oilers game, and uh, I told him if they didn't win, he wasn't staying at my place, so that's kind of good for him. <laughs> uh, second off, happy Valentine's Day to you guys and to the NHL. Um, I hope they're happy that I had to buy my wife something extra expensive so I could watch the game tonight. And uh, not only that, I just want to – I know what you guys are probably going to say, but um, – what do you think about, I know it's going to slow the game down, but what do you think of challenging um, like penalties, like the one that uh, Domi drew in the second period there? Like I know it's going to slow the game down, but do you think that should be reviewable or not? Which penalty was the one that? Where he grabbed the stick and kind of tucked oh. it into his chest. and. No, I, no. no they'll, they'll never do that. because. Yeah, I didn't think so, no. but I'm just kind of curious what you guys, uh, your opinion on that. And um, well, I'd also like to see them get rid of the offside challenge. I absolutely hate it. Oh, you, oh you're preaching to the choir here. That's, that's brutal. Um, the other thing is it's nice to see the, the power play come to life a little bit here. Um, and, you know, those shooting drills that, um, that McClellan did uh, in practice and stuff are, are clearly paying off because even McDavid, like McDavid was shooting the puck today. And, you know, you know the drills work when, when, when McDavid's shooting the puck because usually he passes it, so... Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, Reed talked about it earlier. There, there's ebbs and flows to seasons, and sometimes the puck goes in, sometimes it doesn't. There's been games where the Oilers have had better scoring opportunities and, and had scored one goal, and there's been games where they've been limited and they've scored four. Some, sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. I think that the Oilers had gotten away from getting pucks to net, driving the net, rebounds, tips in the last little while, and sometimes you need a little wake-up call. And the coaching staff put into pl uh, place a plan in practice to work on those kinds of things, getting into the dirty areas. And tonight, it I mean, two right off the top of your, my mind, it, it, the, the Maroon goal and the Hendrick goal, both from big men going to the blue paint, paying a price, and, and putting the puck in the net. So in the National Hockey League, the goalies are so good nowadays. They, you're rarely going to beat him from outside. Teams are so good at blocking shots. You, 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 you don't have wide open opportunities or very rarely do you do do you have them. So you gotta get to the to the the hard areas and if you go there, you'll be rewarded and tonight the Oilers were. You know, I should point this out because McDavid's shot selection has often been debated. He does lead the Oilers in shots on goal, now with hundred and sixty seven which is uh, 23 more than the next guy, which is Oscar Kleffbaum. So, I mean, he does shoot quite a bit. You know what, and there's there's players <laughs> I will say what he, I think he probably should do this more or this less. When it comes to Connor, I think he's figured it out, and I think he knows what's best for Connor, and he knows what's best for the team. Yeah, we got open lines, and we're looking for somebody to finish the play at 780-496-0063. Oilers win 5-2 over Arizona. The Coyotes are coached by Dave Tippett. His remarks for Challenge Insurance Group, Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Dave, I'm guessing you were happy with a, a one-goal lead on the road after one, but how did that game get away in the second? Took penalties, and our puck play was just red rotten, and uh, we chased the rest of the game. You know, we they capitalized on their power play. We didn't capitalize on the 5-1-3 we had, and we chased it the rest of the way. And 
you, you make mistakes like that, and especially on a back-to-back, you're just you're you're uh, you're not going to fare very well. And that's what it was. We, we were solid the first period, really solid, but then some crucial mistakes at wrong times and uh, cost us the game. You had to expect them to come up with a push though in that second too, right? Talked about it after the first. Knew it was coming. Knew it was coming, and we. It's one thing for them to push. It's another thing for them, us to put the push on a platter, and that's what we did. Like a Goligoski puck over the boards type thing. Exactly. What about on your five-on-three day? Because that was a time when it was. Well, well, you know what? You look at mistakes. Mistakes happen not just when you get scored against. It's when you don't score. Our five-on-three didn't execute very well. There's a couple of situations that we try to run on it and. We had too many people on their own page out there, and we didn't didn't execute, didn't get it done. So, as much as not killing a penalty or shooting a puck over the boards, the ability to execute on your five-on-three—that's a big mistake, also. You were short some bodies too, a little bit there. In the yeah, we, well, that's what made the we were missing Stone, and then Shen took a penalty, and uh, so we're down five-on-three. We're down pretty lean there, and those—but those are the kind of mistakes you make. Those mistakes are going to come back to bite you, and they did. Their five-on-three goal could Louis have gotten to that? Spot? Yeah, that's a st- real stoppable goal. Murphy played it wrong in front, and uh, very stoppable goal by the by Louis. Tough one for him, Dave. Though very just... average. Yeah. Good cha- good challenge for him, and not so good. Well, Marty again. I mean, he's, your offense is going through him, isn't it? Uh, a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it. That line has got to create, but our fourth line uh, was good again. You know, two in between, not so good. All right, well, that's Arizona coach Dave Tippett and Rob Brown nodding, especially when he was talking about their two-man advantage. It, it was horrible, and I, he said it probably a little nicer than I did when he said he had they had players on their own agenda on that five-on-three because it was it was just dumb mistakes. When you have a five-on-three, you never have to pass through a stick, ever, because you've got five guys. There's no way you should be trying to cross-ice pass. Domi tried that. You never make a blind pass. When you're up on five on three, Domi did it twice. And the Oilers just fed off that, and they just became much more aggressive. And, and I mean, they had probably, the Oilers probably had the puck on their stick just as much when they were shorthanded by two on that, that one. So that's where the game was lost for the Arizona Coyotes because that's late in the period. They tie the game up. If they do on that five, five on three, they go in feeling good about themselves, and all of a sudden the Oilers, who dominated a period, are sitting there saying, how did we let that slip away? Instead, the penalty killers came up big, and the Edmonton Oilers just pushed further, pushed further more in the th- in the third period, and completely took over the game. Yeah, and that was a huge story. So Arizona had that two-man advantage for a minute 34 late in the second period. Didn't score earlier in the period with the game tied 2-2. The Oilers got a minute, uh, a two-man power play for well, would have been a minute two, but Latestu scored about halfway through that, and that turned out to be the game winner in a 5-2 decision for the Oilers. Let's hear from Mark Latestu, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Uh, there are big goals big times. Uh, Hendo's a go-ahead goal. And then, uh, you know, I think Patty's fifth one there is a, it's a dagger. Uh, they're both playoff-style ugly goals around the net. Uh, the goals that we need a lot more of. And it was nice to see the power play get a couple. It was just one of those nights where, where everything kind of worked uh, or it hasn't been recently. What sort of changed, I guess, from the first to the second period that allowed you guys to get going? Well, I think... You know, there's ebb and flow in game. Uh, the message in here was a little different. Was you know, kind of just believe in each other and uh, know you're a good team. Go out and execute. Uh, you know, and then sometimes 
you know, maybe their push wasn't as hard, uh, but you know, I thought as, as the game went on, we, we really started to take over, uh, whether it was their back-to-back -back or us just starting to, to execute and, and make good plays. Uh, the game really tipped on our scales the second half or second two-thirds of the game. For yourself, uh, your 11th goal of the season, another power play goal as well there on the five-on-three. What seems to be working for you so well in the man advantage? Well, my, my five-year-old's been giving me a rough time because he's got 11 goals in Timbits, and he was he was the leading goal scorer in the house. So, and he knew I had 10. He's been telling me, you know, that he's he's the leading goal scorer. So there's been been some pressure to tie him up, uh, but you know, on the power play, I just I just try to find some quiet ice, and that, that's a an example there of Connor uh, just finding a seam, and that's he can only be in the, the spot and you know pull the trigger. Uh, and tonight she went in. Is it good being a, like you're pretty versed to get goals even strength to get goals to power play get goals shorthanded? I mean you pretty much got all the bases covered this year. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd like to really add some five on five goals, uh, but you know. I, there's a lot of guys who have made a pretty good living in this league doing all in the special teams, and then that's something that you know, I've been able to bring to the team this year. Uh, again, I've got some pretty good guys out there finding the puck and being the right-handed shot out there. More often than not, I'm the trigger guy, so I just got to know to get the shot off when it comes to me. Um, Read that, Smart Latestu. Thanks a lot, Brendan, as Mark Latestu just really trying to keep up with his five-year-old. Well, aren't we all? We're all trying to keep up to our kids. And I've had my son, too. He'd score a goal saying, hey, that, that was way prettier than anything you've ever done. I said, yeah, probably. You're right. Uh, but I, I like what he talked about when he says he tries to find a quiet area on the ice. And if, if you're a, a guy that wants to score goals, if you're a goal scorer, that's what you do. You, you find an area. And when he's on the PP and he's got these guys that move the puck like a dry sidle, a McDavid, if Nugent Hopkins is out there, get to an area that... When they have the puck, you're, you're, you're away from everyone else. It may always be in shooting position. And I think that sometimes, you know, what we've seen, for an example, Jordan Eberle. He gets into the quiet area, but when he gets the puck, he takes it and then looks. When Mark Letestu is set up, he's looking to shoot the puck. He's cocked and ready. He knows that eventually one of those guys is going to find him, and he's ready to shoot the puck. That's what makes him effective. It doesn't allow the goaltender to get all the way across and set. He's midstream coming across when Letestu shoots. Doesn't have to be a bullet, just has to hit the net. And we've seen Letestu time and time again get the puck on the net, and more than not, it's going in for him. He has six power play goals this season, second on the team against Arizona this year. He winds up with two goals and six points in five games. And Mark Letestu now has the same number of goals as Jordan Eberle, Milan Lucic, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They all have 11. And let's face it, Rob, Mark Letestu is the best threat to score on the power play with a one-timer. Oh, no, not even and, close. And, I mean... A, not year, even close. a year ago, what we thought we were, I mean, we saw him a little bit on the power play last, but you're right, it's not even close. No, he, he's got a one-timer, and he's got guys that can make passes. And uh, and I, when you teach a one-timer, you don't teach kids to pick spots in the net. You don't teach kids that it has to be a bullet. You teach them one thing, hit the net. And Mark Letestu does that. So, uh, he, to me, he, he reminds me a little bit of, of Jared Stoll when he was here, when he was effective. He was a guy that could win face-offs. He could play in a check-and-line role, and you could put him on his power play because he's got a good shot. And that's what Mark Letestu is doing right now for the Oilers. All right, Marco's going to finish the play when we return. You'll also hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. A 5-2 Oilers victory tonight. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. 
This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The final verdict tonight at Rogers Place. Edmonton Oilers 5, Arizona Coyotes 2, Oscar Clefbaum and Leon Dreisaitl each get a goal and two assists. Connor McDavid, 63 points on the season to lead the NHL. He adds two assists to his total tonight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We have Marco on the line this evening. Marco, are you ready to finish the play, buddy? Yeah. All right, just turn your radio down a bit uh, there while I'm on in the background. And, uh, Kellen, let's see what we have. Where Sek was there to gather and clear to Zach Cassian. He'll move in left wing. Centering pass. One timer. All right, big blast there by Drake Kajula. Goal or no goal? No goal. Go ahead, Where Kelly. Sek was there to gather and clear to Zach Cassian. He'll move in left wing. Centering pass. One timer and Kajula somehow missed the net. Marco, there you go. You're in the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire experience integrity. And just for playing, you had already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. Calm. Man, Kajula had a couple great opportunities. Just needs to hit the net, Rob, because he can whip it. He can, and he had a good game. You know, he had a huge hit in in the first period on Stone. I thought he and Cassian were the best two players, and you talked about it in the first period. Had some good scoring chances. Uh, I think him moving to the wing takes a little bit of pressure off him as a player. It is, it's tougher to play as a as a centerman than it is to play as a, a winger. There's a lot less stress, a lot less pressure, a lot less work, and he seemed to be uh, a, a little freer out there tonight. I thought he had a very, very good game. All right, Oilers win at 5-2. The losing goaltender tonight, Louis Domingue, his comments for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. This game was lost, Louis, in the second period, right? Where it turned. Honestly, guys, I got I got no answer for you guys. I, I play once a month. It wasn't good enough, so I don't. I got zero answer for the rest of your question. So. Was it hard for you to find a rhythm then, being how sporadically you played? No, I gotta find it. So. All right, Rob, what do you think of that? <laughs> uh, brutally honest. Uh, <laughs> it, it sounded like a, a a guy who doesn't get to play very often, and he got his opportunity, and it didn't go well. And there's probably a lot of disappointment. You know, when when you're a guy that doesn't play well, if you're a fourth-line guy, say you're a fourth-line guy and says, all right, tonight you're going to be playing, Matt Hendricks, tonight you're playing with Connor McDavid. All day long you're going to be thinking, okay, God, I might get a goal tonight, might get a couple. It's going to be a great night. And then all of a sudden the game happens. You go minus two, the team loses, and at the end of the night you're like, oh, my God, what a wasted opportunity. Well, that's what, you know, he's probably feeling, you know, I finally get my chance. I get to come in, and all day long he's thinking, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to have a great game. And after the first period, feel I'm really good about myself. And then five go by me, and at the end of the night I'm like, where did it go wrong? And he, he sounded frustrated. He sounded down. And, you know, you can understand it, and then he's got to stand there and ex- explain why. Well, why? It's because I wasn't good enough. Is there any other th- questions you have? Because I just want to go back to my room, <laughs> order a pizza, and watch my Netflix because that's all I want to do tonight. Well, 
I've been there. I know how he feels. Netflix when you played, though. Uh, <laughs> no, they did not. The Devils beat the Avalanche 3-2 tonight. The Avalanche are 15-37-2 on the season. Your scoreboard is courtesy of Advantage Trailer Rentals. The Penguins shut out the Canucks 4-0. Crosby an assist. He's at 999 points in his career. He actually had a breakaway late in the game, too. Almost scored that for his 1,000th. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that 1,000th point's going to come sometime soon. All right. There you go. The Maple Leafs roll over the Islanders 7-1. The Sabres beat the Senators 3-2. The Ducks shut out the Wild 1-0. So the Ducks remain two points ahead of the Oilers for second in the Pacific Division. Right now the top three, San Jose 73 points, Anaheim 70, Edmonton 68. The Oilers and Sharks have a game in hand on the Ducks. Also tonight, Patrick Laine, a hat trick. He now has 26 goals on the season. Jets over Dallas, 5-2. You know, we're very lucky here in Edmonton to be able to see Connor McDavid on a, on a nightly basis. But he is not the only great young star in the league right now. And we, I, I watched a lot of the highlights tonight during the game. Line with three goals in Winnipeg, having a, an incredible season. Matthews, he has another couple goals tonight for Toronto. There are tremendous a number of young, talented hockey players in the NHL. Uh, you know, you, you, you see the, the, the players getting older, the, the Malkins, the Crosbys, players of that ilk. There is another generation of players coming up right now. It's going to be an exciting time in the National Hockey League for a number of years. All right, so the Oilers win tonight. The goals finally come. It's a 5-2 decision over the Arizona Coyotes. Dreisaitl, Hendricks, Latestu, Clefbaum, and Maroon doing the scoring. You're still going to hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. We'll be back after the 11 o'clock news and weather. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Thanks for joining us. It's 11.04. I'm Reed Wilkins, former Pittsburgh Penguin. Rob Brown here as well. We're in Rogers Place, a game here at 11.30 tomorrow morning. Hockey hooky, the Edmonton Oil Kings on a one-game winning streak. Hey, you can't win two in a row unless you That's win the right. first one. Taking on the uh, Kootenai Ice, uh, it was great for the Oil Kings to snap that long losing streak with an overtime win over the Hitmen on Sunday. We, we did the out-of-town scoreboard there, Rob, and in the uh, uh, Anton Vermette, looking like he's going to be in a little bit of trouble here from that Ducks game. Yeah, not very smart. I mean, you're the one that was talking about it with me off-air that he was kicked out of a face-off, or, or he didn't know, sorry, they the dropped ref, the puck yes. before he was ready, and he just, the puck turned away, the ref turned, and he slashed him on the back of the leg. Now, it wasn't vicious, but you can't slash a ref. I mean, it's just dumb, so I imagine he will be suspended, and then there's the other one going on right now with Nyquist out of the, the Detroit Red Wings. He got cross-checked from behind by Spurgeon. It was a cross-check. He got up, and he speared him in the face. Speared him that if I'm giving out suspensions right now, that is at least a 20 game suspension. He came within inches of taking out Spurgeon's eye. I know he's a first time offender, he's never had a major before, but what he did crossed a line that you cannot cross, and that would be an automatic. 20-game suspension. I, I just feel in general, Rob, the suspensions are never as severe as, as I would like. Mm -hmm, I agree. And, and what always, uh, and I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion on this as, as a former player who would have been a member of the NHL Players Association. I, I understand they want to, you know, they got to stand up for the players. 
and, and you know when they go to a hearing they got a PA representative there helping them out but it, but what about the guy who was on the receiving end I agree you know, and 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 look the 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 the, the uh, Spurgeon's going to be okay, but you're right. That, that could have been an eye injury. Could have cost him the rest of the season. Maybe his it cost career. Him his career. Yep. So what? What about that guy? Don't they? Don't? Why doesn't the players' association stand up for the victims and say, you know what, NHL, we want this garbage out of the game because we don't want guys losing their careers over over cheap plays. I, I never really have understood that. That they always stand up for the guy who's. Uh, guilty of the of the offense I, I i fully agree with you i hated that i hated that when i played you'd watch a video and you see the, the game that night and this guy ran a guy head first in the boards and he's going and now all of a sudden the nhlpa is appealing it and i'm like no 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 you there's about 20 idiots in the league at any time every year and the rest of the players play the game honestly so why are we protecting the 20 idiots why are we trying to get him off his suspension get them out of the game just get rid of them and let us go play. And, and like, there's the was that Cook? All those years, every time he's always hurting somebody. Isn't that the was Cook the guy yeah, that? Cook. Yeah. He, I'm like, why are we defending him? Why are we protecting him? The he, he, the kid out of Boston, he ruined his career. Never played again. The good, uh, who's a centerman, eventually went to Calgary. Can't remember his his name now, but Savard, Mark Savard, right. ended his career. So why are we defending Cook every time he does something stupid? So I fully agree with giving the maximum sentence on anything that is dumb. And this Nyquist, to me, is an automatic minimum 20 games because that was inches away from ruining a career, and it was intent. You know what? I bet you he gets single digits. You know, no, he's getting more than five because he was going to have yes. an in-person hearing, which he waived his uh, his his right for. But, yeah, it, it's just and, – and I and, and Nyquist, I, I don't think, has that reputation. No, he doesn't. But even so, you want a guy to hope – and I know hockey is passionate and a lot happens in the spur of the moment, but I think you still even want him to make that split-second decision where it's like, no, I, I can't retaliate. i I got I got to you know, do something yeah, else. There, there's always a, a part of a player that the screws go loose and the, the emotion takes over. Well, the emotion can take over with a slash on an ankle or a punch to the jaw or, or, or get up and cross-check him on the arm. But there's things you cannot do. You cannot cross the line. Spearing a guy in the face, I mean, you can't do that, and that's got to be punished accordingly. And to me, it is 20 games, the rest of the season, whatever you want. Spurgeon's career was on the line when he decided he was going to spear that Nyquist was going to spear him in the face. All right, the Oilers do win 5-2 tonight over the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Coyotes 0 for 5 on the power play. Edmonton goes 2 for 4. Dreisaitl uh, winds up with 3 points. Clefbaum with 3 points. He takes a penalty for the first time all season. Hard to believe it took 57 games, but uh, it was, uh, he must have not known where to go. It was worth it, though. It was a tackle. Right. <laughs> he, he wrapped him down and <laughs> tackled him, so it was a penalty that was worthy of the call. But as I said earlier, it's that's now the new Oscar Clefbaum hat trick. They got, you got the Gordie Howe hat trick, a goal and assist in a fight. You got the Oscar Clefbaum hat trick, a goal and an assist in a penalty. All right. The Oilers win it. Let's hear from their head coach, Todd McClellan. Yeah, I guess the only way to answer that is yes. Uh, but the fact that we had the opportunity to practice makes such a difference. That's why I've been whining and bitching about um, all-star break in five days. Players need to, to practice. Um, the good golfers, the good putters, they just don't show up and putt well all the time. They practice. They spend hours on the range. 
And practice at this time of the year isn't about drilling the guys into the ice and getting them tired and getting them in shape. If they're not in shape now, they're ne they never will be. It's about fine-tuning little things, um, getting them to think about areas of the game. And we were able to do that for the last two days, and it paid off. Todd, uh, maybe not the first you would have wanted, but what happened between the first and second that maybe got them in the right direction? We, well, we talked, we've talked a lot about a lot about um, uh, structure and, and systematic play and positioning and um, that type of stuff, but we had to address the confidence level and the belief um, system in a, with our team, and we did that between the second and third, and or pardon me, the first and second, and I think that paid off a little bit. Earlier in the year when you had Leon away from Connor, he produced quite well. Then they were together and were obviously good. Tonight separated and he produces again. I encourage you to maybe want to keep him at that position just because he's one of the guys that's shown you now that he can produce without 97? It would be nice to cut him in half and put half of him at center and half on the wing, and but it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, he made a comment, uh, I think, to you guys or to the media the other day that he's very capable of of carrying and, and manning a line, and I think he showed that tonight. So uh, give him credit for doing that. And um, I think he's just a tremendous player, and, and he can play left wing, right wing, center. And when we needed him tonight to, uh, to take over a line and, and get another group of players going, he did that. And I think that shows... That shows himself, that shows his teammates, us, the media, the fans, that he's very capable of doing it, and we're lucky to have him. Todd, you don't, I don't think you go in every intermission and talk to your team all the time. and pick. Well, they probably wish I wouldn't, but right. for the most part I do, and a lot of times it's, uh, it's one little tidbit, it's, uh, it's an adjustment. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's always something little, just so they hear a voice and they reset and they've almost, it's almost becomes part of the rhythm. So let us in a little bit on why tonight is different. What did you, what tenor did you have in the first intermission that made it different than most times when you go in there? Um, well, it wasn't, again, it wasn't technical, it wasn't, uh, you know, adjust this on the forecheck, do that on the back check, uh, net play, face offs. So there, there wasn't very much of that. It was more about the belief system. And um, we hadn't won a lot of games, and I didn't feel like the group believed they were going to win tonight. I didn't feel like they believed in their, line, their new line mates. And we just talked about it a little bit. I reassured them that. I told them that they're a top 10 team for the last three months, and usually the Stanley Cup champ comes from the top 10 teams. And they kind of perked up. They never thought of it that way. Then I, we went through the scoring chances in Nashville. We went through the scoring chances in uh, Carolina. We went through the scoring chances in Montreal. And for the most part, we believe we were ahead in them. And yet it took a shootout goal to get a, a win. Like So you're doing some things right. You can't beat yourselves up all the time. And... Um, just tried to get them to believe a little bit again. Todd, how important was Hendrick's goal? Because that's the kind of goals you said you've been needed. And the second question is, is that the kind of goal Maroon has not been scoring, but the last couple of games he's been around the blue paint a little bit more? Well, the, the goal is the, the end result, and Hendo's goal was tremendous. Patty Maroon's goal was tremendous. Um, we did a little exercise this week where we took players shot attempts or not attempts but actual shots on goal uh, from the all-star break uh, 
um, through or coming out of the All-Star break, pardon me. And it was interesting to see who was getting secondary shooting opportunities, who was in and around the blue paint area and who wasn't. And um, you can probably guess based on stats who was close and who wasn't. And I can tell you, Patty Maroon uh, may have been the secondary guy, second most guy, uh, most opportunities in and around the blue paint. It just wasn't going in for him. So um, it's interesting when you look at it that way, you throw it up on a board and they have to look at it and go, hey, I'm not getting there. Um, sometimes it's a dose of reality. Uh Three points for Clefbaum, 25-plus minutes. Uh, how would and two penalty minutes. Yeah, and the penalty. How we don't have to talk about that anymore. How would you describe his performance tonight? I um, thought he was on his toes. He, uh, he played aggressive, uh, disrupted a lot of their entries and their plays, which in turn led to transition, and he jumped into the play a number of times. His shot was a factor on one goal. His legs were a factor on another goal. And... Um, the defending part was pretty sharp tonight as well, so he had a good good game. Yeah, he is. He's, um, we're lucky to have Test, and I think you know, his, his greatest assets are special ingredients. They may not just be general five-on-five -five play. They could be face-offs. It could be penalty kill. It could be on the power play. Uh, but that's a pretty unique fourth-line center. And uh, we'll take that any night. Todd, just the way you handled the power play, um, you guys made some adjustments, but they were fairly subtle. You hadn't been getting the results, just the tact you took on not necessarily blowing it up, but just tweaking. But there's always pressure, exterior pressure from, from media and, and you know that type of stuff when you, uh, when you go on a bit of a dry spell. Uh, but that you just don't throw a bomb into it and, and uh, come up with a... Uh, successful solutions. We, we've done some good things this year. We just needed to polish it up a little bit. We needed some practice time. Uh, again, small adjustments, not recreating the game. And we were rewarded for it tonight. But, um, you know, to just to throw it into a blender and have it come up, we were already doing that with every line. We sure didn't need to do it on the power play. Any thoughts on Eero coming back after uh, months of re It was a pretty impressive game by him. Um, you know, and happy for him. I think he ended up with the, the helmet and vest, whatever they hand out in there, um, which is a great thing. Um, skated well, better than I thought he was going to. Physical, um, scoring opportunities in the blue paint, um, things that we've kind of been missing. So in some sense, he brought uh, a spark to our team. Good night. Good night indeed, head coach Todd McClellan. Overall, pretty uh, pleased with his team's performance. Interesting comments there. Uh, going over what he said to the team after the first period, said uh, talked about their belief system, said he didn't feel like they believed that they were a good team, that the new line combinations were going to work, and he told them, hey, we've been in the top ten in the league for the last three months, and the Stanley Cup champion most often comes out of one of the top ten teams in the overall standing. So go like and go out there and play like a, a team who thinks they can they can win it all. There are ways from that, but an encouraging result tonight. 5-2, the decision over the Arizona Coyotes. Of course, you can get additional coverage on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com and also on 630Ched.com. You can check out what the Edmonton Eskimos did today in free agency. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perandich Team Broadcast Center. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 630Ched. Troy Bowler is our engineer here at Rogers Place. The final damage, Oilers 5, Coyotes 2. 
Next broadcast Thursday when Philadelphia is in town. 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's 11.17. Thanks for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.